You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And we're having a... The ghost came into the studio and... uh, messed up one of our programs so we're having a little bit of whatever but we've got colonel king on the line with us and uh colonel can you hear me all right oh, there <laughs> no, i, I can now yeah, okay. I, I lost you for a little bit there okay well uh, let me let me uh play and some. i'm i'm not a colonel i'm a lieutenant <laughs> lieutenant i i thought you would uh hello okay well lieutenant well we, listen i don't mind promoting you. i promoted my son that uh is coming back to the states now. Might as well promote. You know, I I, I give I'm them. Sorry, out. Rick. I, I, uh, David, I, I can't hear you at all. Huh. Uh, well, how about now? Okay. How about now? Is that better? Nope. Uh, let me tell you what. Let me call back in real quick. I can't can't pick you up reason okay uh, i'm i'm not sure okay give me a call back oh right now i can hear you i don't know okay uh well maybe i just wasn't talking distinct let, let me see if you can hear this and uh okay No, I I can't hear it. Lieutenant King on the line with us. And, uh, okay, I can hear you fine now. Thanks, okay, well, good. We we played a little Jody there and uh, feel all right now. And uh, I'm sure you heard that yep, a few everything's times. Everything's fine. I yeah. hope so. Anyway, you know, and uh, I, I play those because uh, you know I've been accused of not being the brightest bulb in the box, which I have to agree with. But you know, I got to thinking, um, and this was after. Uh, uh, Lee Ellis was on, and and then you know, uh, in talking to uh, General uh, Dix, and, and you know everything, and people don't appre- I don't think they appreciate it. Like, I don't know that I really had the uh, appreciation that I do right this second of, you know, everything in our military is a psychological there's a reason and it and you don't see that reason when you're in basic or ait but you know the one thing that uh, in ait you go through and in basic i guess the first thing is when i say duck you duck you don't look up to (laughs) see where the bullet is you know and then uh it's like the jodies and and (laughs) 
quite frankly, I, I love playing them, and I love listening to them. But, you know, it finally dawned on me, and, and again, not being the brightest bulb in the box, but, um, you know, we, you'd, you'd be going on, going through AIT, and you'd be going on uh, the two-miler or five-miler, and, you know, if, if you were in full pack, you know, it, it, was, it could be sort of tough, not nice. And where I went to AIT, I was at Fort Ord, and... Uh, Boy, they had some roads that had been <laughs> smashed into less than than dirt, you know, and the and the powder yep, that would. I, I'm I'm fully aware. Yeah. I, you know, uh, I went through basic AIT and then OCS. It, uh, I went to well, the Army. You know, they say the Lord and the Army work in mysterious ways. Well, they <laughs> sent me a Georgia boy, up to Fort Dix, New Jersey, for basic and AIT. Well, so. we were still fighting the Walla, and they were they, <laughs> you were an infiltrator from the South. But anyway, you know, you're out on one of those marches, and your legs are tired, and you're about to give out, and all of a sudden somebody starts doing a Jody, singing a Jody. and yep, um, they start singing a Jody, and uh, after OCS, I was a basic training officer at Fort Benning, and I loved that we would march to the rifle range or here or there and uh, I had some good cadre who, who would sing the Jody songs mm-hmm. and everybody you know that would that would get you through you you forgot about your legs being tired or you know and and that Jody would uh, would do the trick and there are a lot of there are a lot of things that uh, you know why in the hell are we doing this you know and yet <laughs> Exactly. There's a yeah, reason you, for it and, somewhere. And, uh, you know, you, you really wonder why you have to go through all of that, but then when you go directly from uh, something like that into combat, then you know why you had to do things like that. Yes, sir. So, with that being said, I want to uh, reach out and shout out and thank a guy named Rick White. Nobody knows him, but we know him. But Rick White is the uh, CEO of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame that uh, is just one of, I think there are only like six or eight or nine of them across the country. Now, it's being copied in a few states, so uh, we uh, we take our hats off and salute the states that are waking up and beginning to honor all veterans, not just Vietnam, but all veterans. And uh, uh, Lieutenant uh, King is a inductee into the Georgia Hall of Fame. And uh, uh, I was just reading over your resume that uh, that uh, Colonel White had sent me. And, you know, my hat's off to you and the job that you did in Vietnam. And as I mentioned on the air every show is that yes i served in the army i was 11 bravo but uh i did not go to vietnam and i don't want to mislead anybody like some congressmen do if you can imagine that um you know saying that uh, they had gone to vietnam when they didn't but uh uh you know i was in that era and i i couldn't believe what the citizenry would do uh, on the return of our veterans from Vietnam, and uh, it, it's again a case. I have a I have a real problem, sir. I was there in 1969 and came back in February of '70, and uh, uh, <clears throat> we landed at 
Travis Air Force Base in California, and four of us from Georgia split a cab to the San Francisco airport, and we were not... You there? Uh, people yeah. spitting out of oh, yeah. and, uh, every name you can imagine. Yeah, so, that, which is just... You uh, know, that, that we were not... Uh, no Vietnam veterans era, even during the... Whether you served overseas or not, you were not treated with dignity. Well, we, you know, we, uh, we were told we couldn't wear our uniforms uh, off base. Exactly. And, uh, yep. So After I got home, I had five months left, and... And uh, we were told, do not wear your uniform off the base. Change into civilians. Well, the, uh, the one thing, too, I want to add on to this is, is the Vietnam veterans and Arab, but the Vietnam veterans in, in our area around uh, Johns Creek and, and Atlanta in general took, have taken the bull by the horn and made sure that our military returning from Desert Shield, Desert Storm, it could be from the restroom, they ain't going to be treated anything but good. And, You're uh, absolutely right. We, we have uh, had a guard unit that, that has gone, and every one of them, Desert Storm and uh, War on Terror, the Iraq and Afghanistan, Uh, I don't think there's a Vietnam veteran going to let that happen ever again. No, and it and it and it shouldn't. So um, you were there in '69 and '70. That that's pretty close to the the worst of the worst of it. And um, it, it, yeah, it was uh, almost a daily daily uh, firefight. Uh, there were some days that uh, that firefight went on for hours, but uh, yeah, it, it was a, a continuous thing. And I was with the First Air Cavalry Division. I'm not supposed to call it the Air Cav, but <laughs> it was. That's what we called it. Um, and that's what and, the movie uh, called it too. We would um, uh, go in on those helicopters, going into a hot LZ or or a green LZ. And uh, about one out of every seven were hot, where they were waiting on you, and you had to jump and fight. And the lead platoon had to take control of the landing zone so the rest of them could come back in. So, Well, you know, all of you did a, a incredible job, and uh, as we were talking before the show, our helicopter pilots did uh, just I, I, I'm not sure the uh, helicopter pilot in, in Nam um, had had any sense of what was going on I mean they would they'd stand up and they'd fly those helicopters uh, in and everywhere I, uh, I know I tell you for, for somebody to be so smart that they could fly a helicopter they they weren't real smart when the bullets started flying because I, I as a grunt platoon leader I, I have nothing but the highest admiration for those guys who would come and bring us in, bring us ammo, take the wounded out, whatever. I mean, uh, I've got a good buddy here who's being inducted also in two weeks. Uh, 
to the Hall of Fame, and uh, he was a Huey pilot, too. I, we were talking about him a little earlier. So, uh, yeah, I've got nothing but uh, admiration for those guys. You know, it, it was, uh, I guess most of them uh, were w, uh, W.O. officers, right? Uh, yeah, the, this good friend of mine, uh, he was uh, he graduated from Georgia Tech. Now, you'd think he'd know better, but uh, <laughs> he uh, went into flight school and went over, and and uh, he went through some heck of a time. He was there in 71, and he was uh, uh, in what, I don't know if you ever get a chance to look it up on the Internet. It's called Lamb L-A-M, SON, S-O-N, operation uh, up near the DMZ where they carried South Vietnamese troops across into Laos to cut off the Ho Chi Minh Trail. And uh, I think there were 700 and something U.S. helicopters carrying them in. And when the whole thing was over, about a month later, there were only something like 200 helicopters still flying so wow uh not many and um what they well i guess i guess in reality uh vietnam was the first real hundred percent utilization of of the helicopter and uh, there was really no choice if you were going to do any kind of rapid um movement or or deployment and that uh Fixed wings couldn't land in the middle of nowhere with uh, with uh, jungle all around them, and uh, then they realized that, gee, I wonder what would happen if we put some weapons on this sucker. And uh, the yep. Huey was the uh, was the forerunner of the Cobra and uh, everything else today. And uh, yeah. that's a, that's correct. You know, they uh, they could deploy troops. Um, uh, they could uh, really, really bring a, a lot of firepower to a fight. And uh, we had uh, <clears throat> what they call hunter-killer teams. We uh, had the little loach helicopter, which looked like a pregnant Easter egg. <laughs> but it would get down at treetop level, and then the Cobra gunship would be up high circling. And if they ever shot at that little loach, that Cobra would roll high. Okay, every now and then, uh, Tur, you're you're dropping out on me. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, you're cutting out on me too. I don't know. So, uh, uh, I, I'm not sure uh, what's uh, what's going on between us. But anyway, uh, we're doing fine, and um, we again appreciate what you did. And uh, I meant to lead off, besides with the Jody, but also lead off with. Uh, God bless America and our troops, past, present, and future. And uh, we we totally support them in any and everything that they do. And uh, as I mentioned to you, I have a son that's in the Air Force, and uh, we certainly appreciate what he's done. So with that being said, we're going to take a break, uh, a short break, and... Uh, try to pay for this thing and by and remind everybody if they want to be a part of uh, america's web radio they can go to our website and become a patron and uh, 
You know, basically it's uh, pledging 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever you feel comfortable with to keep us going and have fine shows and fine guests like we do. Well, it would be certainly be appreciated. And uh, we will be back with Lieutenant James King right after a couple of words from our other sponsors. So we'll be right back. Thank you. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. Welcome back to the Doctor's Lounge. Dr. Mike Karuchak, your host, uh, bringing you again the uh, interviews from our, our November meeting, uh, Doc's uh, Direct Primary Care uh, 3.0, uh, nuts and bolts to um, to advanced topics. Uh, and we pick up on our interview with Sidera right here. Everything that goes on. And, of course, large instances often begin with small decisions. So the small decision to go to an emergency room uh, when you could have just, uh, you know, reached out and called your your DPC doctor uh, can turn into a large decision for the community because all of a sudden you've moved yourself out of the safety, the framework that... Okay, we're back. We're having a little technical problems with our major program, but uh, that's not going to slow us down any. We've got James King on, Lieutenant King, that served in Vietnam as an inductee into the... Uh, you want to fix it while... Or see if you can? Uh, yeah. Um, and... Uh, He's been an inductee into the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And this is their hour, really. And and we give it to uh, Rick uh, White and and the whole Hall of Fame and that uh, we totally support it. And the interesting thing is, James, that uh, most people in Georgia don't even know that we have a Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. No, no, they don't. Uh, and And... I usually just go by Jim, so call me that. But yes, sir. yeah, the uh, military veterans, Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame is. Uh, I'm I'm really humbled and honored to have been inducted into that, and uh, it's uh, Rick White and uh, Colonel Long Greer have have done a wonderful job building this up, and like you say, it's only in maybe six or seven states. Yes, sir. I think they've got several like this also. And I think uh, I think uh, North Carolina is about to open one, and uh, we'll have emulated or copied uh, what what uh, Rick and Paul have done here. I, I agree. I, I don't know how many states or where, but I hear that there are several who are who are going to emulate it and. And set it up, so. but it's uh, you know, what I I'll, uh, I never get it exactly right. But if we don't remember history, then we're due to repeat it. And uh, we uh, 
we have finally learned considerably about uh, uh, about wars and learning more and more all the time about it. So it's uh, it's it's something like the Hall of Fame. And also, I want to put a plug in for my the city where I live, which is Johns Creek, Georgia. And uh, they bought the traveling healing wall, the Vietnam. Uh, it's the half size of the wall in Washington, D.C. that traveled all over the United States. It now has a permanent home in Johns Creek, Georgia, in uh, Newtown Park. And they'll be dedicating it uh, March the 28th, I believe is the final date. And they've asked me to ask everybody that uh, can come up and and uh, that that had some kind of contact with or uh, still have some kind of contact with a Vietnam veteran. And uh, Roger Weiss was one of the ones that uh, he told the story of being up in uh, D.C. And uh, there was a, a lady and a, and a young man, and the young man had been uh, tracing the name of somebody, and he looked up at Roger and said, I met my father today. Yeah, that, um, yeah, I think we had talked earlier, and I told you the story about one of my young men. Uh, uh, he was, uh, I, I always told him he was too pretty to be a guy. He, <laughs> he had blonde hair and the lightest, prettiest blue eyes you'd ever seen. And uh, I had the privilege, we got a radio message about 4 o'clock one morning from the American Red Cross that his wife had had a little baby girl and uh, couldn't wait for the sun to come up we won't ambush and uh, so I told him when the sun came up that that he was a dad and he was all excited and and was going to go to Hawaii and meet her on R&R and um, it just wasn't to be so there's a right now that was 60 April of 69 so there's a 51 year old lady somewhere who never got to meet her dad those stories um, I, you know I don't care how many times how many different names faces or whatever you put with them uh, it brings me to my knees it and, does um, yeah. to, you know. to think of those who, who made that sacrifice and and everything and now their families uh, here 50 years later are still, you know, feeling the, the results of it and so forth. Well, you know, and, and I guess the thing that tears me up the most, or, or not only, but one of the things that tears me up is the fact that uh, only another veteran that has served knows what you're talking about and this was a reason that um and and there were a lot of folks and a lot of folks still think i'm crazy but there were a lot of folks that thought i was totally out of it uh when uh when desert shield started up and then desert storm because we were so weak when those wars really started that we had to call up reservists and uh, reserve units went to into combat, and uh, most of them had never figured that would happen. But if, and I know you were on base, and if somebody's been in the military, they understand what the 
base camaraderie is not only with the the soldier or the airman or whatever it happens to be, but also with the wives. And if your husband or whatever is deployed, then the wives take care of his wife or whatever. But, you know, the National Guard and all our ARs, uh, Army Reserve, and all of their training are never trained and never trained the wives or the spouses. What do you do when your when your your husband or wife is deployed? And so we did this whole thing back many years ago is that if you know a neighbor that has been deployed, be it National Guard or Army Reserve, help that help the spouse that's left behind. Maybe it's changing light bulbs. Maybe it's fixing the fence. Maybe it's mowing the grass one time. May, you know, who knows what. But there, whoever it is that's been deployed is serving you and serving our country. And, you know, they the one that's left behind may need some kind of help. And uh, right, yeah, we we have a guard unit here, and they um, um, they have a family support group that uh, reach out to the American Legion or the VFW or or just any of the veterans they know. If if there's anything they need or or need to be done, uh, they'll reach out to us while while the uh, guard unit has been deployed. Uh, they they've been to Iraq twice and Afghanistan twice now. So, uh, uh, you you were talking about the uh, the moving wall and everything. That's uh, for about thirty years or so. You know, I and most veterans didn't speak much of uh, our time in Vietnam, and and that is what what brought me, I guess, out of my shell and several of my friends is that we had it uh, here in Griffin in 2001. And um, uh, that, we started working together and talking, and uh, that that is... Okay, Jim, you there? Yeah, I'm still oh. here. Uh, as you were talking, uh, you cut out on me. Well, I, I, I don't understand. I don't know. <laughs> I don't either, sir. Uh, strange things happen on live radio, you know? And uh, that's what well, makes it so interesting, I guess. Or scary, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, uh, I don't know how much of that you heard or, or got, but... Uh, 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 just that you all have a, uh, a group that will help, uh, be it, I guess, uh, whether well, there's... Uh, Veterans of uh, foreign wars or whatever, the yeah, American Legion, DFW, yeah. and so forth like that. Yeah, and they have a uh, with the local guard unit too that that tries to get in and help as much as possible. Well, you know, it's uh, and again we we look at it and talk about it frequently. Is that uh, we all take the same oath. And we even take the same oath that uh, Congress takes, and uh, <laughs> doesn't seem to live up to always. But uh, <laughs> uh, always or any at all, <laughs> or any, yeah. 
But, you know, and this is, uh, again, this is what a lot of folks don't understand or they've never been there, never done that. And, you know, when a when a guy or woman raises their right hand and says that, you know, they swear to protect and defend against all domestic and foreign enemies, and uh, they're defending those that other 99% that never that never enlist or never do anything for their country, and yet uh, the ones that do are the ones that ensure the freedom to do some of the stunts that they're doing today. And most of of the older Vietnam veterans and so forth right now, and I guess we're all old, but uh, uh, that oath we to where we uh, raised our right hand and swore to defend our country against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. There, there was no expiration date on that. I think most of them would go back now and do it. I have no, if I have no doubt that you you hit it right on the head. They would in a heartbeat, and uh, they'd be proud to wear the uniform again and. Like you know, like you said, protect and defend, and uh, they would all, I would be more than proud to wear mine, except it won't fit anymore. <laughs> yeah, you, you you must have stored your uniform in the same closet that I did. It, it had a bad leak in it, and everything shrunk. Well, that's I blame my wife for washing it. So, uh, you know, it shrunk. <laughs> Well, with that being said, we're going to let people ponder that thought, and uh, we'll be back with James King right after a break. Stay, hang in there with us. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning. My name is Mike Mizell. I'm a retired Army colonel and president of the Johns Creek Veterans Association. We meet in Newtown Park, and part of one of our projects is the installation of the Healing Wall, the half-scale model of the Vietnam Wall that traveled the United States. Well, it's coming to rest, and it's going to live in Johns Creek forever, the half-scale model. We're looking at a possibly a March implementation ribbon-cutting ceremony, and we're looking for donors and sponsors that want to help us in this great project. You can donate at jcvets.org. And we're back on America's Web Radio, and the Georgia Military Veterans 
Hall of Fame Hour on America's Web Radio. And, uh, Jim, you all have a monument um, in your hometown, right? Yeah, we do. Well, we have a Veterans Memorial Park here. Where we have uh, uh, monuments with names on them going back to the Revolutionary War and everyone since. I think we've uh, the World War One Doughboy statue, we've got uh, about... 30-something names on it. World War II, there's 101 names, all, you know, locals. Uh, the Korean War, there's uh, 12 names and 13 from Vietnam. But we just, uh, uh, four or five of us around town uh, wanted to do something here about five years ago. And we went out and... Uh, arm twisted a lot of businesses and individuals and raised about ninety thousand dollars to do a monument to put there in the veterans memorial park uh for the global war on terror and uh, we have uh, at present seven names on that monument of locals who, who who have uh given their all for these fights in iraq and afghanistan uh, eight, nine, two. Uh, Jim, are you, are you, are you, uh, is your, was, have you got a landline or is it a... Uh, uh, he was shot in the head uh, in Iraq when they were sent out. Uh, Bo Bergdahl. But uh, he had been shot in the head, and he survived for 10 years, uh, Master Sergeant Mark Allen, and had his name on Memorial Day. First uh, uh, places in the state to, to have a global war on terror monument, and, and uh Everyone's welcome to come by. It's it's the right uh, across from the the library here. Mike or Mike, Jim, are you are you on a, a cordless phone? Yes. Okay. What's happening is why we lose each other is you're walking away from your transmitter. No, I'm and I'm sitting sitting right there, huh? Yeah. Well. For some reason, uh, we keep breaking up or you keep falling out on me. But with that being said, <clears throat> I want to bring up one other thing that we have have uh, started really pushing here at America's Web Radio. Besides our, besides our uh, call for everyone to send our First Lady a thank you note for bringing dignity or having the White House have dignity, class, and elegance again, and that's uh, Melania Trump. She's done a heck of a job. With that being said, we're also doing something else that uh, we we realized that uh, the other day. I say we uh, when I was talking to General Dix, and uh, we got to talking more and more in depth about it. But if you if you step up back and just take a look at everything that's happening today, everything from our Congress to our churches to our drug situation to our border 
we have something called division going on, and we're not out of the Cold War. In fact, I would say we're more in the Cold War, the 21st century Cold War, than we were in the 20th century Cold War. And uh, the Russians back in the 50s, mid-50s, uh, Khrushchev had taken off his shoe in the U.N. and beat it on the table, and uh, this was one of his ways of, and he followed it by saying, we're not going to bomb the United States. We're going to take them from within. And that's exactly what's happening and what's been happening for a number of years now. They started out by placing, infiltrating our universities, now down to our high schools. Now they have they have placed individuals all over the country in many, many situations. And, folks, we have to wake up and realize what's going on. And slowly but surely, our country is being taken over. We, I was taught when I was in school, and Jim, I, I bet you were too, that socialism was one step away from communism. And if you want to step back and look at what's happening in Venezuela, it's that's exactly. exactly. I, I can remember as a kid seeing Khrushchev bound, pounding his shoe on the desk saying that we will bury you, but uh, they're they're not going to do it, I think, militarily. They're going to come at us from within, which they're doing right now. Yes, sir. And, folks, you have to wake up. And my suggestion, and and people have asked, well, what do we do? You know, the best thing that any parent can do is to homeschool their children because... Their teachers, and I'm not painting the country and teachers all with the same brush, but many of the teachers that have gone to some universities have been brainwashed into teaching socialism is a better form of government than capitalism or republic or democracy, that the government should take care of their people from womb to tomb. Well, it doesn't work, it never has worked, and it won't work in the United States. And we look at, uh, I didn't get to see all of it, but uh, the situation in Virginia by a very liberal governor saying he's going to take all weapons away in, in Virginia from everybody. Well, the Second Amendment takes care of that, folks. Well, there, there are a lot of sanctuary sheriffs who are saying, come on over here, when." So, I just want to bring that up, and if, you, if you're if you listening to today's show and you have any questions, or you'd like to throw your two cents worth in, or five or ten thousand bucks, I don't care how much, but if you want to <laughs> offer your opinion, we'd love to hear it, and and just after you've stepped back, and, and, the, and it's everywhere, it's not just in Virginia and guns, it's in our churches, it's in our medical arena it's everywhere and as you know jim uh, more or more so than i but the first tactic where that a military person is taught is divide and conquer and we have more division in our in the united states today than we've ever had <laughs> much more than even the civil war it was defined in the civil war it is uh, we are so divided now and uh, 
you know, I I feel confident that that we're going to stay on the track that we're going now because it's uh, it's seems. I mean, look at our economy. Look at. just lost you okay lost me again huh? yeah mm-hmm. uh, you were saying look at our economy and then you yeah look it up uh, you know pride that uh, most of the Mar- americans other than new york and california look at uh, the pride that most of the americans have in our country and uh the reason that japan would not invade us was because there was a rifle not behind every tree, but behind every gra- grass blade, and uh, you know, and, and exactly, they they didn't want to get into that problem. No, and uh, we we should maintain our Second Amendment right, and uh, if it has to be forcefully, and this the joke in Virginia, the governor that thinks he can call out the guard and and uh, take up weapons is. Didn't live through the era that I lived through in uh, 54 and 55 whenever the the governor of Mississippi would call out the guard. Well, Eisenhower would federalize them, and poof. Yep. <laughs> there went the guard, but, you know, that's exactly, exactly. what happened today. That, that uh, settled that situation. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's just sad, but it's... Folks have to start talking about it. They have to start homeschooling. That's the best way to combat it. Then you don't have to worry about your your kid's teacher. The other thing uh, that I didn't mention that is a big part of this, and please, do you remember the old thing that, listen up, folks? Okay, well, listen up, because homeschooling is the answer, and teach your kids about socialism, communism and everything else and what your kids are getting at school is socialism as being something that's the elixir of life when it's the killer of life then you go one step further drugs that's a big effort to divide us and it's working and finally still coming across the border with them right now yes sir and finally Take those damn thumb players away from your kids. Uh, You know, when they're sitting on the couch playing those video games, guess who's, guess what's in those? There used to be a thing on television that you couldn't have a subliminal message on television, which was um, if you said, Dear Queen, right quick, or something, or whatever Mm -hmm. you said, you couldn't do it. And yet we've got we've got these stupid video games that there can be that your kids can be playing and getting subliminal messages throughout the whole hour or two or ten that they're playing. Take those stupid things away from them. Sit them down. Talk about the what they've been playing, and then talk about drugs and vaping and all of that with them, because that will be the ultimate down the decline and fall of the United States. I, I, you know, I, I remember as a kid, like like you, back in the 50s, and, uh, uh, you know, we, 
we'd go outside and play, ride our bicycle for miles and miles. Yep. You know, the, we didn't have the, all these electronics and video games. <laughs> I, I, grew, I grew up in Texas, and uh, a part of Texas that uh, if there was new construction... There were clods. Can you imagine what boys did then? We had clod oh, yes, fights. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, they, they were building a, a four-lane highway through here when I, back in the 50s when I was coming up. And uh, uh, I'd, I'd come in, and my mom wouldn't let me in the house. She'd make me strip and hose me down <laughs> in the yard before she'd let me inside. Yep, but uh, you know, and and like you said earlier, the oh my goodness, I couldn't tell you or even come to guess at how many miles I rode on my bicycle. You know, I mean, I I I rode I rode my bicycle to school. I rode my bicycle when I got home from school, any and every place. You know, that oh, was yeah, that was what sure. you did, and or I was playing baseball. And, uh, exactly. Uh, you know. he, uh, I was playing either football or baseball the uh, fall or spring. So, uh, and this is what our kids need today, and it and it's on the shoulders of the parents and grandparents that are listening. That you know, if if uh, your grandkids aren't getting what you think they should, you take them. You take them to the. Georgia Veterans Hall of Fame. You take them to the wall, the healing wall. You take them to museums and explain to them what this is all about. And explain to them how fortunate they are to be born in the United States and how fortunate they are to live under a, with a, in a country that supports their veterans and their military. And if they're not being taught that in school, you need to teach them. It's your responsibility. And <laughs> yep, I I totally agree with you. I I was raised about six miles out of Griffin, a little country. My granddad ran a country store there, and uh, during the summers he'd get all the kids around by you know get us a nickel coke bottle and pack of peanuts, and then he'd start telling us. Uh, about all the freedoms and rights we have as as just being born in this country we were we were getting history lessons during the summer when we weren't in school from my granddad so i i fully understand where you're coming from you know and and i was too particularly from my mother's father but you know a grandparent be it grandmother or grandfather um, has a perspective that no one else does, and it's really their duty to share it. And, uh, you know, you were responsible for the kid that had the kids, so um, share that share that bit of information that you have. And, and there's nothing that's not too valuable, you know, and no matter what you tell them. It's a value, and it will be not only a value today, but it will be a value in your kids' life when you when they are talking to their kids and say, "Well, I remember my granddad telling me about so and so." 
or whatever it happens to be. And and that everything brings me to another point, and this other point is the fact that uh, on our website, if you go to it, and please go to it, and uh, a couple of things. One, click that thing that says tornado, and you'll be surprised at what that is. And uh, don't forget one of the nostalgic things in in my life has been called Stuckies. And then the other thing is that I don't know of a family going, yours included, Jim, that hadn't sat around the, the lunch table and said, you know, and Uncle Jim or Uncle James or Ralph or somebody would come up with something like, well, you're about as useful as a screen door on a submarine or whatever that idiom happens oh, yeah. to be. And somebody at that table said, before old Uncle Bill dies, I'm going to write down all of his sayings. And it never happened. So well, that, um, we're doing you know, it. We're doing it. Go to our go to yeah. our website and you'll see a thing called idioms. Just click on it and send us your idioms. That's wonderful. One thing I want to mention before we get away is that uh, two weeks from yesterday is the date, the 29th, that they're having the <clears throat> Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame ceremony at the state capitol for the inductees this year and for all previous inductees. Uh, it's at 2 p.m., and it is open to the public. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. and. Uh I think our senators will be there, our governor will be there, and mm-hmm. uh, a number of other dignitaries, and uh, quite possibly the uh, CEO of America's Web Radio. Oh, really? I would love to meet you <laughs> and get to talk to you without cutting out on you. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, I do have, I am planning on coming down. In fact, I'm going to bring Brett with me, and we'll put the station on uh, automatic pilot, and uh uh, it just, you know, I, I guess that's one thing that, again, a lot of folks don't understand about the military. But one of their psychological ploys that our terrible military pulls on us is teaching folks how to work together. And I got you six, Jim. And, well, uh, you know, it, it's 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 just fantastic. I've I've listened to your programs for quite a while now, since uh, Rick White turned me on to it, and uh, I we've got a lot of our friends that we've turned on to America's Web Radio too. Thank so you. We uh, we love your programs. Well, we uh, I salute our our host, and uh, they have done wonders and. Uh, and Rick White has helped me out many, many, many times and, and getting guests like yourself. But uh, the other shows that we do, they're so unique. Nobody else will touch them. And uh, we do an elderly abuse show. We were the first uh, to dedicate an hour to it. We also uh, are not real pleased with our fake media. And folks don't know what's happening in Venezuela. This is this is sinful. And... Uh, we have a show on where, as far as I know, we're the only crazy station in the country that'll do something like this. And by the way, it's this afternoon. The first hour of Let's Talk Venezuelan is in English. The second hour is in Spanish. And uh, nobody else has ever split a show like that that I know of. But, uh, hey, I've always been a little weird. I mean, you know... 
Venezuela uh, went socialist. They went from one of the top nations in, in the entire world economically and otherwise to nothing. Uh, they've just gone downhill. Yes, sir, and that's that's putting it nicely. Uh, and it's a shame uh, they have they had everything. It sounded like in the middle of the night they sneak in your house and they take everything, and that's what's happening in Venezuela. The government has taken over everything, and now they they are communists. Exactly. And, uh, they say they're socialists, but it's it's more towards being communist. Well, we've, we've come up with this thing that socialism is taking over the, the people and controlling the government without weapons. Communism is when the people wake up and realize they've been had and they go for their weapons, they don't have them, and communism has the weapons and that's the way they control people, with a bullet. Exactly. And that's why we have a Second Amendment in the Constitution. And we got to fight for it and keep it and remind our congressmen what it's there for so there won't be a... You know, I marvel at our founding fathers and the, and the Constitution. I mean, I'm never, with, with the exception of the Bible, there's, in my opinion, there's no greater document than the Constitution. And for the, our forefathers to be able... Their crystal ball was <laughs> huge. They saw into the future of things that they didn't even know would ever exist. But yet, in one shape, form, or fashion, they covered it. How did they do that, Jim? <laughs> uh, they, uh, you know, you've got me there. That uh, 250 years ago was when, when they wrote that thing, and you wonder, uh, how did they do that? How did they foresee this i you know it boggles my mind that uh and you know how can how can they do anything but love our forefathers and love our government i I just exactly you know it's the greatest place in the world this this our government uh, uh, may not be perfect but it's the best there is Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Jim, this is this has been a thrill, and I uh, I hope you'll accept my invitation to. Will you come back and be on again? I would I would love to, and maybe we can get a better connection next yeah. time. Too. Well, it seems like it uh, has finally sort of worked its way out. I you know who knows? Uh, <laughs> it's uh, I, I really don't know, but I I, I would like to. Um, invite you and anyone else uh, down to see our our global war on terror monument and uh, uh, all the others we have in our veterans park i know y'all have a beautiful one there in john's creek and uh so but we'd love to have y'all here as our guest sort of this is, uh, sometimes on live radio it's sort of like calling in artillery strikes you just hope that they got <laughs> They got that final coordinates, <laughs> and they got it right. <laughs> yeah, but give me a smoke round. Yeah. Sure. And then, then we'll fire for effect. Well, exactly. Anyway. <laughs> give me a smoke round. <laughs> so thank you for being on today, and uh, hope you have a, a wonderful weekend, and look forward to meeting you on the 29th. Um, 
and maybe uh, even you can run out to the studio while you're uh, while you're here. But um, anyway, want to thank everybody for listening. Want to thank all of our veterans for your service and our current military and first responders for their service. I've been very blessed. I I, I was in the military. Uh, during the Vietnam era, but I was also a first responder uh, almost at the same time. And uh, most rewarding feelings I've ever had in my life, and I respect whether it's a cop or an ambulance attendee or whatever, they're that's, all there for you. That, that's the thing. You know, if you've served your country, no matter what, branch of service, Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, Coast Guard, if you've served your country, then you are a veteran. I don't care what job you held uh, or how long you in, you are considered a veteran. And there's it's such a small percentage of our total population that are veterans now. <laughs> well, I, I hate to know what I was, Jim, but I was the... Uh I was the uh, clipboard holder, and uh, you can appreciate that. And I was taught that by a, a good friend of mine that had just come back from Nam. He said, "Listen, no matter where you are, as long as you got a clipboard and somebody, an officer or anybody else, rank outranking you, says, what are you? Doing? Well, this is you just go one rank ahead of him. Well, uh, <laughs> Lieutenant King told me to go do this." <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Then you can. Then you've got an excuse. Yeah. I was the official clipboard holder in both my uh, NG and AR units. So, with that being said, we got to put the plug in the jug. Get out of here, Jim King, Lieutenant um, Veteran, Vietnam Veteran. Thank you for your service, sir. And thank, thank you, David. I appreciate it, and I hope to see you in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir. Take care. All right. Bye. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.